Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes. Uh, Chuck Davison has had to work tonight. Uh, they're moving his facility from one place to the next, so Chuck won't be joining us this evening. We're going to miss him, but uh, Doc and I was just talking about that, and if you have a job, you have to take care of your job sort of like your family, and uh, I'm glad to see him uh, knowing the, the right thing to do, and he'll be back with us next week and have a bunch of fish stories. Doc, how'd your weekend down in uh, Tennessee go? Uh, it, it was awesome. I, we caught a lot of fish and a lot of big fish. Um, I caught a 45-pound flathead and a 45-pound blue. Daniel Vance, my partner, he uh, did his personal best while we were pre-fishing, and he caught a 43-pound blue. Wow, that's great fish. Yeah, and we caught a bunch of stripers. None of them was under 20 pounds. And I mean, you know, those are just drag rippers. And, uh, it was pretty exciting. Well, you know, I uh, I watched the weigh-in both days live. Um, you know, I've been really busy, and I haven't been able to, to do a lot of social media stuff, but uh, I just turned the monitor around on my computer and, and, and watched it while I worked. And that was an absolute pig. Them boys stuck at flathead. They caught like four pounds shy of the state record down there. It was yeah. just awesome. And uh, man, congratulations to those guys. They've done a heck of a job down there in that tournament. It was two hundred and what fifty some pounds uh, for a two day weight, which is pretty good. Yeah, two sixty eight oh four, and the big fish was eighty two ninety. David Harrison and Aaron Massey out of Georgia won that tournament. So uh, uh, just the top nine teams, you had to have 200 pounds. That that's, was the top nine teams. So that's, that, that's, that's pretty that's good. For, yeah. says something that's, for the fishery. Absolutely. And, and from what everybody that I have talked to or has sent me messages or whatever, uh, to, they told me that most everybody caught fish uh, pretty, mu pretty steady. Uh, now, some yeah. of the guys struggled a little bit, but but overall, I think everybody caught a lot of good fish down. Yeah, we were in we were in 14th place uh, after day one, and then on day two, uh, Daniel caught a 35-pound blue. We couldn't get that second big fish in the boat, so we checked in, and uh, we were when I checked in, I was like the second boat to check in, and uh, we were in second place. So I grabbed the phone and. Uh, Jer Jeremy, uh, he asked me, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm in second place. I have never been in second place in a Cabela's tournament. So I, I said, I'm going to live the moment. <laughs> so, so I got a picture of that. So. Well, you know what, Doc? You know, them guys, Jeremy Cole and them guys putting that, that tournament on live, uh, and and through Facebook, you know, we we do this stuff all the time on our show, and we do it uh, in different places, like down at uh, Owensboro, uh, at the at the tackle place down there. But to have them weigh-ins, you have to have the the uh, right feed through. Uh, uh, your phone or internet service or whatever, and, and I am glad to see them guys picking that up uh, and doing that because, you know, I noticed at different times there was 40, 50, 60 people watching that, that weigh-in live both days, 
And, yeah. uh, you know, the people that can't go to these tournaments, you know, and let's face it, we can't go to all of them. I don't care who you are. Uh, you either got to work or the finances ain't right or somebody's sick. Or, is there some reason why you'd never be able to fish all of them? And just simply the fact that it costs too much money to fish all the big events uh, would be one thing. But these guys have got this going on like that. And, and I noticed also, again, they weighed fish that was questionable. And, and to me, uh, questionable fish would be anything within four to six inches of whatever the size limit is. Uh, for overs and unders, and I'm glad to see them doing that. All the tournament series don't do that. They all should, and again, I'm going to recommend that all the tournament directors take a look at doing a slot limit, a over and under thing, something, and, and just keep two big fish over and make the rest of them be three unders. I know a lot of guys don't like that, but for us to get regulations put into effect at these states that are not complying like that, and Missouri, you are one of them. You're the worst one because you're not getting anything done, and you have the golden opportunity to do it. Uh, if they would all do this, these states would take notice and realize how important it is for us to not uh, bring in every big fish to a weigh in, just like these guys, these uh, if they'd all put these 34 or 35 inch reels into effect where you can only get one or two a day, uh, the amount of, of breeding size fish we'd have would be far uh, outweigh what we have now. And these, these places just are, aren't getting it done, and that's a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really showed down there that it is working. That rule is working. Well, everywhere that that rule is in effect, whether it be in Alabama or whether it be in Tennessee or where it's at, every place it's in effect, it's evident that it's working. Uh, yeah. These other guys are just blind to the fact that they don't want to do it. They're afraid they'll make somebody mad. Hell, I don't care if they're mad. You know, it doesn't matter to me uh, if these commercial guys, there's there's plenty of Asian carp and common carp. You know, they can sell them. They don't have to take breeding-sized catfish out of these pools of water to do that. Uh, that's just craziness. Yeah. Well, Doc, we have Brad on with us, Brad Cox from Springfield, Illinois, and Brad is getting ready to have a tournament over there for catfishing for veterans. Is that right, Brad? Yeah, that's correct. Listen, thank you for joining us on Catfish Weekly tonight. You know, we have a mutual friend that contacted me about getting you on the show, and I want to give a shout-out to him. Uh, you know, he, he is a... How do I want to put that? Uh, I can't say anything because I think he's going to give me a bill for advertisement and being my PR rep and this and everything. So I'm going to try to keep my bill as low as possible. I'll let you uh, handle that. Well, you know, uh, Jason Rath is a special kind of guy. You know, he really is. And, and we've known Jason for years and years and years. And he believes in a lot of the really good things about our sport. And he contacted me and he said, hey, is there any way that you could get Brad on the show and talk about this coming up tournament that we have? And, of course, you know, we do the Fishing for Freedom tournament every year over in Quincy, Illinois. And after he had mentioned that to me, I want to get a hold of Mr. Sanders and see if I can get him to do a spot on here with us too. Because if your event... Um, is anything like what they do over there, 
and and I'm sure that it will be. It's an outstanding thing. It's for all the right reasons. It's for conservation. It's for our veterans, which we should be taking care of way better than we do. And, and the people that make it possible for us to be able to go out and fish like we do, uh, they're the reason for it. Correct. I, I completely agree with you there. So hopefully ours uh, can turn out to be as big as that one, the uh, Fishing for Freedom, uh, you know, here in uh, a few years. That's that's a pretty big uh, event they, they put on up there. It is. It's run very well, and like I say, I'm sure that your your event will be great too. I wish I didn't have a previous engagement. We try to attend that, but, uh, you know, we make our plans out at the beginning of the year, and, and uh, you commit to things, it's kind of hard to change them. But had I known about it a little sooner, we'd have probably tried to made that. That's, that's an outstanding event. You want to tell us a little bit about how you got started with this and what all is going to take place over there? Right. Well, it all uh, started, I guess, <laughs> to be uh, driving by the place we're doing the benefit for. It's called the Spring Street Veterans Renaissance, which is here in Springfield, Illinois. And it's a uh, basically a veterans shelter, um, but it's not a shelter, a stereotypical type of shelter you think what you imagine in your head. It's a, it's a two-year transitional housing, basically. And I just happened to be driving by there one day. I don't get over to that side of town too often. And uh, I thought, you know, I forgot that they built this here um, just in 2012. And I started thinking about it. And, uh, you know, where I work, I work uh, at a convent with uh, a bunch of nuns. And they're always doing charitable things and giving back and helping. And that's just contagious in itself. And I thought, you know, it would be nice to do something to, to help these guys out. So I uh, called the... The director there, a uh, man named Mr. Stanley Hughes, and talked to him about how they run things and what they need and if we could do uh, do something for them and decided uh, this uh, fishing tournament was the best uh, best way to do it just uh, as another reason to get me out there to go fishing too. So. <laughs> well, you know, we've been to Springfield, Illinois, that lake over there and fished with Jason and Bill Parfit and, and Joe Lucky and Jerry Klein and, and Jerry's dad, Jerry, and all them guys. And uh, there is a great bunch of people that, that um, put together tournaments over there. Uh, Pete Ox and those guys, they work really hard. They have some good tournaments. That lake, if you're not familiar with it, can be a little tough. And other times, it's you know, you can just lay out some fish. So uh, there's some big fish in there, but it's predominantly a channel cat uh, a lake. And they have some really, really good fishing in that lake. Yeah, they do. That's uh, in the next few years. I think it's really going to turn on. They've been putting a lot of a lot of blue cats in there lately, and uh, people have pulled out a few big ones. And uh, there, there's there's plenty of plenty of bait fish in there for them to eat. But just like you were talking about earlier, unfortunately, there's no uh, regulation on size or anything with catfish, so we can't stop anyone from going in there and you know, taking the big guys out and taking them home with them or doing whatever they want to do with them, unfortunately. That, that is true. So with your tournament over there, uh, is there going to be a requirement to take a veteran out or are you just donating money to the organization or how does this work? No, what it's, uh, it, anyone can fish. Uh, it doesn't have to be a veteran. You're more than welcome to take a veteran. But what we're doing is uh, the entry fees, half of the entry fees is going to be donated to uh, the Spring Street Veterans Renaissance, and then uh, a few other things. We're going to have a raffle um, with ho hopefully some good prizes. we got uh, a few things coming in, and some of the people you were just mentioning, Jerry Klein and Jason Rath, I was just emailing them right before I got on here about trying to donate uh, 
one or two of their rods, and of course they're hassling me and telling me to quit begging and everything, just because Jason was over there when it was happening. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna have a few a few other things like that to help raise some money. Um, but like I said, 50% of the entry fees are gonna go to the shelter, and the other 50% are gonna go to the top three. And uh, uh, $10 from each entry is gonna go to Big Fish, pretty standard. And uh, then we're gonna we're trying to get uh, prizes for fourth through tenth to encourage people to, to come out and fish. So you don't have to be an avid cat fisherman or uh, have to have a veteran with you. Or, um, you could be like me. I'm a veteran and an avid cat fisherman, and I don't hardly ever catch them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a great thing for, for a great organization that you're doing this for, and I'm very happy to see you step up to the plate and make this happen over there. And, and I know them guys. I know Jerry and Jason and all them boys, and, and they'll be there. They'll support you. They'll help you. Uh, uh, Joe put, works closely with a tournament they have over there every year uh, with one of the clubs. Um, I'm trying to Rotary think. Club. Yeah, the Rotary Club. And and those guys get in there, and, and a lot of them have nothing to do with the Rotary Club or anything else, and they're running fish back and forth all the time and doing all the stuff just like they was an old hand at it, and they pitch in and help each other and and, and it's a really cool operation to see that happen. But this veterans thing, you know, I have noticed that out east they're having a lot of, of uh, wounded warrior tournaments. Down south they're starting to have some of them. Uh, I haven't noticed so many out, out west or up north yet, but they're coming. You know, and people are sitting back and realizing that for us to be able to do what we enjoy doing, that we have to give back to the people that made that possible. And, and that is our veterans, you know, and, and um, uh, it, it's just a really cool thing to see you do something like this, and that shelter is extremely important, and I'm glad that, that you got involved with that. Well, thank you very much. You know, I when I initially thought about doing something, you know, the Wounded Warrior Project came to mind, donating to them, but then I thought, you know, we've got this shelter here in town, and it'd be great to keep the money local, and it's not just a local thing, though, they house, uh, they house veterans from all over the country, they'll get a call from uh, <coughs> Fair's Place, and I think they said they've got a guy from New York and a guy from uh, Las Vegas there right now, so unfortunately, they always have a long waiting list of people trying to get in, and they only can house 15 uh, people at a time, so uh, we're trying to you know, get them some money this year to get some of the short-term things they need, but hopefully in the future, you know, if we can build this as big as the uh, Fishing for Freedom event, we could uh, do something major. I know one of their long-term goals is to build a similar facility for females, which uh, they, they obviously can't mix males and females in that kind of uh, environment, so they'd like to get something like that going. So maybe in the, in the, in the future, a few years down the road, we can start bringing in some uh, major money for them. Well, I think that's an outstanding deal, and you know, if you get to the point where you're like fishing with freedom is, if you get even reasonably close to that, you'd be surprised how much revenue that would generate uh, for shelters like that. It'd just be awesome. Yeah, it definitely would, and it all comes from uh, everyone in the in the catfishing community. You know, people like you that have us on to to talk about it and promote it, and sponsors and things like that, and that's what we're trying to. To get and like you said, you can't uh, make it this year because of your commitment. I assume you're going down to Memphis to fish that on the ten. Well, we're liking to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm kind of glad that we picked that weekend. This being the the very first one, that way some of the uh, some of the big players, I guess, if you will, aren't going to be here to hassle us, and we can figure out uh, what we did right, <laughs> what we did wrong. Uh, you know, I don't need 
Parfit and Wrath back there yelling that we're taking too long on the way in or anything like that. Well, you know, get all the um, details worked out this year. As as rough as them boys are on you, uh, you'll never you'll not find better guys to help you out when you need help. They'll they'll always be there for you. They always. I, you know what? The first tournament we had on Lake Springfield this year, I. Uh, uh, I don't know what I did, but I had a dead battery, and uh, those two those two guys uh, towed us in, um, and just and just with about a minute to spare, uh, were able to to weigh fish in. But you know they they didn't care either way. So yeah, uh, they're they're some yeah. good guys. They they really are, and and, and both of them are extremely uh, uh, good family guys, you know. And and uh, uh, Bill just got recently got married, and, and we're very happy for him and his new wife. I actually sent her a message. I believe I told her I felt sorry for, her, but she couldn't have picked a better guy than Bill. And and uh, you know they're, they're just and the whole bunch of us like that. You know, I know when Ryan Casey got his new boat, he hauled it over there, and they had to put batteries and rewire a bunch of lights and this and that on it, and they just got pizza and beer, and and uh, the next thing you know, they was all happy and had a good time, and the boat was done, and he was back in St. Louis, and you know that's how it's supposed to be. Yep, that's uh, that, that's the good thing about it, and you know there couldn't be a, a better area I think, for fishermen. Uh, uh, then here in central Illinois, you know, there's a lot of good fishermen and people who are, uh, you know, good stewards of the sport and try to do things the right way and try to get things put in place. And, you know, that's that's what it needs. I agree 100%. And, and there's some of the top guys. You're right. Some of the top guys in the nation come within, uh, from around 100 miles of where you're at right there. Right. Yeah, so, so it, it'll be really good. Uh, Doc, have you got any questions for Brad? Yeah, when when is the tournament? When is it? Um, it's going to be September 10th. Um, here at Lake Springfield at the Lindsay Bridge boat ramp. It's going to be from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And the sign-up time is going to be 5:30 to 6:45, uh, directly across the street at the uh, old beach house. And as soon as you sign up, we we're not going to wait and do any sort of shotgun start. You'll get your number and. You can go get on the water and go catch your bait or go to your spot or whatever and uh, kind of honor system. Don't start fishing until 7. Uh, yeah. I think it's a little little easier to do it that way, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a very good event. I'm, I'm really excited to hear how it goes. And You know, when, when you guys get done with that, uh, you can either post the results and stuff on our Catfish Weekly webpage on Facebook, or you can send them to me, and I will, so people that watch the show can see how it went. Uh, I expect you to have a very large participation because uh, there's go there's a lot of people that's not going to Memphis for that tournament. There's a lot of people that is. You know, I fully like we had talked about this before. I fully expect that tournament to have 200 boats in it. It may may or may not have that many. I don't know, but uh, the ones that are not going to go down there for and fish that tournament, they got to go somewhere. They're going to fish a tournament someplace if they're tournament fishermen, and what better place to do than come over there and support our veterans and, and help you guys out in Springfield. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And even the – it just shows how good the catfishing community is, even the people that have committed to go fish other places. Like, you know, Memphis, a lot of people are going there. A lot of the guys like uh, Philip Brown and Josh Mays and – Ryan Casey and Mark Farrell, you know, they've uh, committed to paying an entry fee in our tournament even though they can't be there for it. And, uh, you know, that just goes, again, right there to show the caliber of people that uh, 
we have doing stuff like this. So we can't uh, say thank you enough to guys like that. They're willing to step up and help out even when they can't be there. You know, I yeah, I would just assume that you'd get Mark Farrell and Joe Lucky and some of them guys, even Parfit and Rath, get them guys to, to commit to coming to your tournament. They'll be out of buying the docks hair. We won't have to worry about them down in Memphis. That'd just be less headaches for us. We'd be just as happy. <laughs> uh, you know, even, even Mays and, and Brown, you just take them guys and get hooked into coming over and fishing your tournament. The less the less of them kind of guys we got to deal with, the better we like it. Because I know old Joe and Jerry... I assume that Jerry's going to fish with Joe in that tournament down south, and then they'll be tough, man. Yeah, they're uh, they're always uh, tough. I always, whenever I see that tracker boat pulling in at the Springfield tournaments, me and my uh, partner, we just kind of look at each other and be like, well, maybe we'll shoot for second or third. But uh, <laughs> that's when, the, when those guys start rolling in the tournament, you know, it gets kind of serious and everyone gets a little worried. Well, uh, Jason and Bill was really, they had some really good tournaments last year. They they won several and, and placed very high in a lot of others. And uh, Josh Mays and, and uh, Phil Brown, they're tough everywhere they go. But, uh, you know, and Jerry Klein the second, he wins a lot of tournaments on that lake over there. Uh, you know, and I know Jerry. Uh, I, I know him pretty well, but not really well. But his dad, Jerry, and Joe... Uh, they don't get any better than those two right there, and uh, not just as people, but as fishermen, they're as tough as anybody you'll come against. And Mark Farrell's the same way, you know. When, especially if you're on that Illinois River and Mark Farrell shows up, uh, you either got to beat him or give him your money. That's just pretty much the way it is. Oh yeah, you can't uh, you can't read a, a local leaderboard for any weigh-ins without seeing a lot of those names on there, <laughs> and that that's a shame, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I enjoy fishing with those guys. They're such good guys, and, and uh, you know, you can ask them questions. They'll all tell you uh, an answer. Now, with, with Jason and Bill, it might not be exactly what you want to hear, but they're going to tell you something. The other guys will probably tell you the right stuff, but but uh, they would rather see you run around chase your tail and tell you something right. I that Them guys are just a hoot now. They're a lot of fun. I'd really like to have them on the show sometime, but I'm not sure the internet can stand Parfit and Wrath at the same time. I just, you know, online at the same time on a show, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we I, can handle it or not. Yeah, may, maybe one at a time, but to have them, have them both on there. <laughs> Well, we we maybe we'll get to that, you know, one of these days. Uh, I've asked, actually, asked Jason about it a little bit, and and uh, you know, he he kind of gave me some, uh, you know, we're not politically correct. Well, who, what, how many of us ever was at one time? We always kind of like that, but they'd be they'd be a lot of fun, right? And, uh, they keep winning the way that they do this last year, and the way they're starting out this year. You're gonna you're gonna be in a long line of people that want to interview them. I think. Well, when we get to Memphis, we're gonna do I'm, we're gonna do a live show down there Monday night if everything goes right and we get set up in time because that's when we're gonna go down there, and then we're gonna do we're supposedly if everything works as planned, we're gonna do one Thursday night and Friday night down there also, and maybe we can get those guys to jump in down there and and, and sit in with us for a little bit. We may have to put a shock collar on old Jason though. I just <laughs> I'm not sure how that'll work. <laughs> yeah, you might you might have to. You know, shut down their autograph booth for a little while and get a, get get a few minutes with them, but you probably get them on. You know what? I, I really uh, I, I, this wasn't supposed to be a, a Parfit Wrath 
uh, show it was supposed <laughs> to be about your tournament over there, but they're, they're so funny and, and so much fun. But listen, Brad, thank you so much for being on our show with us tonight. We wish you the very best with that tournament. Uh, we have a lot of followers on Facebook and different places. If if you get a chance, keep posting stuff about your tournament on there. I know, uh, like I said, there's a lot of people that's gonna that want to fish tournaments. It's not gonna go to Memphis. Uh, some people are a little intimidated by the big rivers and 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 some people just don't want to go down there and, and and fight the crowds and different things. But uh, keep that posted up on there. Uh, so everybody knows what's going on. Wish you the very best of luck with it, and if there's anything we can do to help you in any way, please let us know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I uh, appreciate you having me on. And uh, Before I go, I just wanted to thank a few people. Uh, yeah, those guys <laughs> I mentioned earlier that uh, you know pledged some money that can't come fish the tournament. I'll, Philip Brown, Josh Mays, Mark Farrell, Ryan Casey, uh, guys like that. wanted to thank... Uh, uh, Joe Ludkey, who just uh, gave me a call one night uh, about my tournament, and uh, just I just wanted to get some advice from him. And I know he's a busy man, so I, I appreciate him uh, giving me a call in uh, a few minutes and some uh, words of uh, encouragement for him. And uh, see, what else I want to thank uh, my wife for putting up with me with all this and uh, letting me do it. And anyone that's interested in the tournament or wants to come out and fish, just <laughs> go to the Facebook and look at. Uh, Catfish for Veterans, and you know, like our page and like our event. We try to post a few things on there whenever we can. We're starting to get some things rolling in, sponsors donating prizes. So, you know, if anyone you know wants to donate anything like that, get a hold of us, and uh, we'd, we'd be happy. Now, now, give us the, your your website um, address and your Facebook name and stuff, uh, and, and your name, so everybody can get in touch with you, because the people that watch this show later, we want to make sure if they want to do anything, they'll be able to get in touch with you, Brad. Okay, well, uh, for, we don't have a website just yet, this being the first year, uh, the first tournament, we want to see how everything goes, but Facebook, you can go to uh, Catfish for Veterans, and uh, you can like the page, and there's also an event you can like where we post uh, duplicate information on there, and uh, or if you need to want to get a hold of me directly, my name's uh, Brad Cox in, in Springfield, Illinois. And um, again, the tournament uh, September 10th, uh, Lake Springfield. Uh, sign up starts at 5:30 uh, across the street from the Lindsay Bridge boat ramp, and we're gonna go till two o'clock and do the weigh-in and have some uh, food and drinks afterwards and hand out the prizes and raffle things like that. So it should be a pretty good time. It sounds like it. I, we can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Uh, we just had a, a gentleman, Steve Burley, uh, wanted to know how he could get more information regarding your tournament. So hopefully he's got that now. And I sent him sent him a message in the chat to tell him where to look on Facebook. So uh, I hope that that we've helped you guys uh, uh, get a few more entries into this and 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 make it as big and as great as you possibly can and help them guys all you can. Yep, I think I think it's going to go good this year, and, and like I said, I'm kind of glad it's uh, happening the weekend of that big tournament, so we uh, can figure out how we how to work things, what we liked, what we didn't like about it, how to tweak it better <laughs> next year. So um, next year we'll pick a date that doesn't uh, conflict with, you know, possibly the largest catfish tournament in the country. Uh, so we'll go from there. Well, that and and be sure uh, to try to get you a date early, and and thus those of us who make our schedules out early uh, can try to get you worked into where we can be there because it is a very well worthwhile event. Great, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. All on. right, Brad. Thanks a lot. Keep in touch, buddy. 
Thanks a lot, Brent. Thank you. Doc, that's that's a really worthwhile event, and and uh, for Brad to take his time to put that together uh, is outstanding. I wish that we could could uh, could make that tournament. I like going over and visiting with all them guys because I see them in and out throughout the year, a lot of them, and and uh, and I'm sure that a lot of the local guys over there would would make that event, but you know, like us, they probably already put in for the Memphis tournament. You know, I, I'm quite sure that Joe and Jerry and all them guys. Uh, Mark Farrell and, and Mays and all them guys. There's there's a lot of them that's already signed up to go down to Memphis. And once you commit to something like that, you, you kind of got to go ahead and and uh, and do it. You just you can't. But I would really like to have fished that. I know the Fishing for Freedom uh, event in Quincy. It's a huge event. It's a lot of fun. And and I'm going to get a hold of. Uh, uh, Mr. Sanders, and see if we can't get him on here with us too. But anything to do with them veterans, we we all, you and me, and and everybody watching, we all need to support these events for them guys. Yeah, it gives so much for us, and it doesn't hurt us to give back just a little bit of what we do. Yeah, they do the wounded warriors here in Ohio. Uh, mm -hmm. The only problem is my boat is always too big for the lakes that they put it on. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, they got minimum boat standards. I've been chased off of a couple of them trying to, you know, <laughs> do my part. They, right. They said, your, your boat is too big. It can't be here. I said, hey, you know, this is, but not nah, rules are rules. So. Uh, they, and they are, and, and it's just like rules in our tournaments. The guys that make them, if they don't hold up to them, what good is it do to make them? I mean, uh, we have rules in place, and, and we need to make sure that those rules are adhered to whether it be on the lakes or in the tournaments or speeding or whatever and I'm you know I don't ever get too upset of course I haven't had any speeding tickets in a long time but I used to get them just pretty regular and I never said too much if it was a legitimate deal and I was speeding and I got pulled over got a ticket I never said nothing like that I never got too upset but if I got pulled over something I hadn't done and that's a different situation but right. uh, and it's, it would be the same thing for fishing. You know, these guys make these rules, and you've got to have fish under this or over that, and they should be weighing them all at every tournament. And the guys that's not should be kicked out. The ones that are should be going ahead, and, and, and kudos to the, the guys for doing that. And I noticed, like I say, I noticed at the Cabela's tournament, they're doing an outstanding job with that. I'm very proud of them boys. Uh, there's only a couple issues that they need to work on, but... Uh, this deal, being able to watch those weigh-ins, and, and I noticed that Alex Nagy had posted on that he's going to do his tournament that way, the, the Jack and Jill tournament this weekend, that it's going to be the takeoff is going to be live and the weigh-in will be live, so that'll be a really cool mm. deal. Uh, I won't get to see that one until uh, I get back and watch it live because we're going to try to be there, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that, that's a great event up there, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Doc, if you've got something to go over here, I'm going to send Josh a link and try to get him in here so he can join us and tell us about the Cancer Society tournament that they had over the weekend. Okay. Well, I can tell you uh, uh, one of the things that I had happen to me this past weekend, and uh, it just bear in mind, guys, uh, under any condition, be careful what you're doing and how you are doing it. Uh, we ran into a situation on Tuesday when we were launching in Kingston, Tennessee. Um, the water was down about four feet. It was pretty low. I've got that 24-foot CR Crocat, and uh, 
you know, I got to get down in the water quite a bit to be able to launch that boat. Well, when Daniel backed me down, I fired up the big motor and it didn't sound right. And I looked back, uh, and the big motor was buried in mud and silt. So you don't, you know, that's one of the things you don't want to get sucked up in your intake. So I'm back here. I'm watching what's going on. There's about a 20 mile an hour wind that was blowing across the bow. And uh, we were right beside a dock. That dock was sitting at least three feet off of the water's edge. And I'm looking back behind my boat and I'm trying to get the motor unstuck with the wind blowing. <coughs> With the wind blowing, it just swung that front end of that boat around, and it knocked it knocked my Rodan clean off of the mount. Uh, there's a weak point, a pivot point. It's designed to break, and that's exactly what it did. It broke, and uh, at least they put it on the deck of the boat. And I'm really surprised it didn't drop in the river, but it it dropped it on the deck of the boat, and then. Uh, I was pretty upset over that, but uh, Daniel and I put our heads together and we MacGyvered that thing and we made we made it work, buddy. We went we, we went to Lowe's. We bought a two before, and I had a strap on board the truck, so we put a couple of two befores underneath that pedal and we had that motor locked in solid, and then we had a strap wrapped around it. Uh, I I couldn't go any more than twenty mile an hour because I. I didn't want to snap that shaft off, you know, if it slipped. And uh, but but we made it work. So guys, when you're, you know, backing your stuff in, be uh, aware of all your surroundings and everything that's going on around you. So. Well, you know, for those that don't know what a Rodan is, it is a trolling motor mounted on the front of your boat like a Minkota, except it's Correct. really a high tech uh, outfit. Yes, it's. Uh, yeah, it uh, and I I was really lost with with it being gone. It's a piece of equipment that I count on. There was no current on Tennessee River, so I knew I was going to have to have that thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and you guys had an outstanding day the first day down there, and, and oh, yeah. uh, the, them two day tournaments. Uh, people have to understand, and a lot of people do understand, but they can't do anything about it. And I've been down at Red Road Retirement too myself. But a two day tournament, you have to put two good days together. You can have one good day at the beginning or one good day at the end, and it doesn't do you any good unless you put two days together. Yeah. Right, and it, you know they have to be good. Yeah, and it's essential. You have to get your two big fish, uh, and then what's even more critical is you have to get those unders as close to that 34 inch limit as you can. And uh, you know that that can be a little, little tough. I mean, we were hanging in the stripers, and we were catching fish that were over the 34 that we had to let go. That's pretty mm -hmm. disheartening. That's pretty disheartening when you got two big ones in the well, and then you got to let another one go. <laughs> yeah, it is. Josh, are you in there with us? We don't have any video of you. Uh, I'm in here. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you can, uh, your wife or whatever can work on that if she wants to, and in the meantime, we'll just go ahead. And, there you go. There he is. There he is. 
I wasn't sure you was in there. That's why we kept going on because I wasn't sure you was in there. I had a a picture that said Christy on it, and I wasn't sure if if uh, uh, you're yeah you're in and out. But now I think between me and you, we're probably getting some storms. I know it's supposed to it's supposed to rain here all day so far, and it hasn't been terrible. But uh, we got rain for the next three or four days, so I know there's storms moving around all over the place. So. Uh, tell us about how your tournament went down there for the American Cancer Society. Yeah, man, we had a we had a great turnout. And uh, I was really pleased with the turnout with uh, with the water conditions. We uh, y'all know down here we we usually don't have no current. We had about three mile an hour current Saturday, and the water came up about eight nine foot in four or five days. It had a lot of rain up river. And, and uh, it washed us out and raised the water up and called for some tough fishing. But uh, we had 45 boats and uh, it was a wow. good tournament. Who won the tournament? Audie Hammond. Audie Hammond. Oh, yeah. My old buddy. My old buddy, Audie. Yep. Now, did he fish that by That's himself? So far, right? <laughs> What's uh, that? Uh, are you. That's the old part, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he fish that by himself, Josh? No, he fished it with Mike Willow. Mike Willow. Okay, wow. okay. Good. I, I don't know Mike, but yeah, I've met Audie a time or two, but I, I really don't know him that well. But I know he's been in the catfishing industry forever and very well respected man and, and, and has done some outstanding things uh, in tournament catfishing. Oh yeah, you can't beat a lot of he's a he's a heck of a guy. He did, he he gives his shirt off off of his back. He's a good fisherman too. He, uh, yeah. We tease him about being the mayor of Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did you say that you had forty five boats? That's a great turnout down there. Forty five boats, uh we uh, like I said, we had a great turnout. It was beautiful weather. Uh, water conditions, you know. Uh, I think we're gonna have had a few more boats if it went for the water conditions. But then uh, I don't know about down y'all's way, but down here, turkey hunting's a big thing. Turkey season came in Saturday. I heard I heard both count a little bit, but uh, 45 boats. We're still real pleased. You know, we uh, I, we had this tournament for the Davis County American Cancer Society and Relay for Life. We uh. It was a sixty-dollar entry. Thirty of that went to went to to pay out for the guys, and the other thirty of it went to the American Cancer Society. And we had a live auction afterwards. All together, we raised about forty-two hundred dollars for the American Cancer Society. Oh, that's great. That's outstanding. That that's yep. really good. Uh, you know, uh, who is some of the other participants that placed very well in your tournament down there? Well, uh, Jody, Jody and Trisha Bevan, they finished. They finished in top five. They finished third. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, Stephen uh, Francher, they finished second. Uh, fourth was uh, Ernest Woods. Uh, fifth was Dan Fields and John Land. Y'all might know old John Land. Yep. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, it was a pretty tough bite, you know. It only took seventy-five pounds to win it, you know. Uh, fifth place in the money, it was it was only forty-eight pounds. It was it was a tough bite. I mean, in it, 
there was trash and the current was rolling down here. And uh, yeah, that debris uh, always slows you down. Lyle's probably laughing when I say three mile hour current, but down here, it's three mile hour current is rolling. That is yeah. a lot for you guys, and I understand it that. It, it doesn't make any difference if it's three mile an hour or eight mile an hour. The trash is the same. You know, oh, you, yeah. you it gets on your anchor rope if you're anchor fishing. It gets in your lines and raises your bait up off the bottom, and it's just a terrible situation. And I hate trash about as bad as anything. But three mile an hour current uh, to me, that's not nothing. But for you guys, that's a whale of a lot of current down there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There was a lot of good competition out here. The the Kings, Wayne King, and then was down here. Uh, uh, even got old Aaron Wheatley. Old Aaron Wheatley even showed up. The competition was there. Just the, the fishing was tough, but we still had a good time. Raised a lot of money, and that's uh, that's what we were there to do. You know, that's sort of like getting. We was talking with Brad over in Springfield, and there in Springfield, uh, Illinois, about the tournament he's got coming up. You guys got some really good competition down there. Now, you you had said that that Jody and Trisha finished what fourth, third, fourth, third, third, yeah, third. You know, third. I really think that she's dragging him through these tournaments. He should have had her for a partner a long time ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, I, won, they won that monsters on the Ohio right after they got married. Yeah, you, you, I know it. Them guys are—they're meant to be together. They really was, and they're doing really good fishing together. I'm glad to see her joining Jody, and and uh, you know he had a few health issues, and I'm glad that he got past that to where he can get back out and do some fishing. And and uh, it just seems to me like every time I hear that she's fished a tournament with him, they're in the money someplace. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think uh, we uh, we run a points crowd too, and they're in the top five in the points too. And right now, right now, Trish is holding on to the uh, female angler of the year right now. So they're uh, they're doing good. They're doing good. Uh, I, I like to see, I like to I like to see the families come together and fish tournaments. That's what it's all about, you know. Well, it really is, and, and you know, you have you was talking about the kings, of course. Uh, we have uh, Whiskerware, and I do a little thing with with some some kids uh, for our junior pro staff, and and uh, that King family is, you know, I I would like to get them on a show, and we had them on down there at uh, at Owensboro last year, but I mean, on they can't their internet connection won't allow them to do a show like we're doing now. But, uh, you know, if that little girl gets involved in, in catfishing the way that uh, the boy has, them guys are going to be tough. I mean, you got a mother and a father and a son that fishes a lot. Yeah. And, and if that little girl decides that she wants to get in there, uh, by then he'll be, what, by the time she gets old enough to decide if she wants to, he'll be up there a little bit. But, you know, they're, they're a fishing family... Uh, they're very tight knit, you know. Those guys are close with each other. Yeah, you, you, they're they do good. They work good together. I've seen them in different places and things. Even before uh, we had the thing going with with him, and uh, they're really tight knit family. And I'm glad to see that. And and the sport is good for youngsters. And people need to make sure that they take their wives to some of these tournaments and get involved with them and and their kids. And uh, it, it's just a good. It's just there's nothing better than taking a kid fishing. It beats the heck out of them sitting home playing video games and stuff. I mean, they, yeah. they learn so much about life and nature and different things, and they're liable to see anything on that water that, you know, they may not see any other time. 
Yeah, Connor's uh, been on that boat a bunch of years. Oh, yeah. Connor's been fishing for a long time, and and uh, he's just he's done really well. He catches a lot of quality fish, and and uh, you know I, I don't know how their system works in, in their boat what, to decide who does what if they have positions or stuff. Uh, in our boat, we have our one, two, three, four, five, six, and and uh, if somebody's doing something and you can't get to a rod, you just say the number, and the other person reaches up there and grabs that rod, and and that's kind of how it works. But um, I'm sure they have some kind of system, and I hope to to get on the boat with them someday and 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 find out some of that stuff. But I, you know, uh, you know, people need to keep these kids involved in in and not just fishing. You know, if you if you don't like to fish and you want to if you go out deer hunting or mushroom hunting or whatever it is, take a youngster with you or take your wife with you or your girlfriend, your daughter. It doesn't make any difference. Get these people out of the house. People are so used to – a lot of them don't even know what fresh air is because they don't ever get it, you know, and, and it's something that all yeah. of us should do more of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you had such a great turnout down there, Josh, at, at that tournament. And, uh, you know, thank you for putting stuff like that on. I know you do a lot of those kind of events. Uh, and and it's a great thing that you're doing. Uh, American Cancer Society is something that we all should be involved with and try to support it. And I know uh, we we can't all support every cause that comes along, but there is some uh, some stuff that to each one of us there is something that's really important. My my thing is is Diabetes Association and and the veterans. I, you know that, I think those are really good. The Cancer Society is so important because somewhere eventually they're going to get a cure for this stuff and they've made such great strides and the only way they can make strides is from events like you have donating money to them so they can do the research to make it happen so thanks again for doing everything that you do down there I appreciate y'all letting me get on and say a few words I uh, uh, I can't thank the guys enough you know some of the biggest names in catfishing on the products wise you know like uh if it wasn't for them guys, we wouldn't have had nothing to auction off. Uh, you know, just to name a few, uh, bottom dwellers, tackle David Ashby. I uh, never bought anything from the man. I sent him a message, told him what was going on. He said, oh, man, I I definitely got to be a part of that. He just sent me bukus and stuff and bass some more, whiskerware apparel. I mean, just the biggest biggest names in catfishing came on board and gave us stuff to be auctioned off to raise money for that benefit. And, we thank them with uh, everything we got. I mean, it was just a really cool deal. You know, uh, I don't know who all was involved with that, but Bass and Moore and all them guys, they're all good, and they always jump up when somebody needs them. Uh, Dave Ashby probably gets involved more throughout the United States than anybody else because he's he's uh, he serves everybody throughout it, and it's not that the other guys don't. They just are not specific uh, online business like Dave is. But all those guys that donated them prizes, thank you guys for doing all that. It's outstanding. And, and the auction money went to the great cause of, of what they went to. And uh, Relay for Life and the American Cancer Society are two of the greatest things that you could ever put your money behind. And, and uh, I've read stories about these different organizations and how much money goes to what, and that's one of the top ones. Uh, and, and that's the kind of stuff that we need to get behind. 
Well, Josh, thank you a bunch for getting on here and sharing that information with us. I hope we didn't get on Jody too bad, but, uh, you know, he them guys have been tearing it up, and I'm really happy for him and Trish doing as good as they're doing in these tournaments, and I'll be looking forward to seeing them when we get to Owensboro this fall. That's right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I have a good night. All right. All right, Thanks, buddy. Josh. Talk to you soon. All right. <clears throat> Thanks a lot. That's a really really good thing that he does putting on those tournaments like that. I know Josh does three or four tournaments every year. or, or He has a regular series, but he does yeah. special events like this uh, besides those. Uh, uh, and he does them for free. I mean, he don't he don't take anything out for himself or do any get anything uh, like that. He just does it for a good cause. And, and uh, right. it costs this, money to run a tournament too. Pe people do people not, don't don't understand. Right. People don't understand how much work, how much time, how much money is involved in putting tournaments on. Uh, they think that you can just do them for a hundred percent payout, and, and and some guys do that. Some guys can afford to do that, but if you have to draw. And, and Josh would be the same way. I, I had have to think so. Anyhow, if he had to drive, you know, a couple hundred miles to do that, he's doing it right there in his home, and he's right. he's out some money, but it's not something that, that is terrible. But uh, these guys like Alex and, and some of them that go out, and they go 150 miles one way and, and do a tournament, and they make two or three trips, I mean, there, there's a point where you can't give it all away. And, right. and uh, people have to understand it, it just costs money. And, and it's like George Young and Aaron Wheatley. Them guys put on huge tournaments. Uh, yeah. It takes money to make those things happen. People have to understand that money's got to come from someplace. Yeah. Uh, so you just have to realize, you know, what we're up against here. But um, I cannot believe if, if you would have told me 10 years ago that uh, there would be a tournament in Owensboro, Kentucky, that would have 180 boats in it, I'd have told you you was nuts. Yeah. Uh, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that there would have been a Bass Pro Shop pyramid down there and it had the chance of having the biggest catfish tournament ever held anywhere in the United States, I would have told you that was crazy thinking. But both of them are happening, and it's happening yeah. right before our eyes, and the, and the catfishing industry is growing, and it's growing so fast, uh, we're going to have to keep up with it. And quality tournament directors doing what they say they'll do and doing it the correct way is the only way this thing is going to survive. People got to get behind the guys that are the right reason and support them and the ones that are not doing it for the right reasons and not doing them correctly. Don't support them, guys, because they're bad for our sport. Yeah. Now – before the show, you and I was uh, visiting here a little bit, Doc, and we had a, a guy I had a phone call come in. A guy was telling me a story about a boat. Oh boy! You think yeah. we ought to elaborate on that at all? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I told him well, I wouldn't teach him, but well, I'm really glad that nothing got hurt and nobody got injured. But you know. Right. Doc was talking a while ago about about uh, safety and, and things happening at boat ramps. You know, uh, if you're backing in, you can get into stuff. If, yeah, if watch, wheel, yeah. watch them mirrors, huh, Joe? Watch those mirrors. <laughs> your, your boat can <laughs> jump a, over that's a curb. That's as far as I'm going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> your boat can jump over a curb. You can get crossways. There can be somebody backing yeah. in while you're backing in. So many things can happen. Now, one of the biggest helps that I've had in the last several years has been the fact that Cindy has learned to back the boat 
in the water. Now, when we're at Owensboro, as you well know, because you helped us out down there, yeah. she won't she won't do that in all that you know five boat to... ramp or that right. many people going in and out like she won't do it. She just gets nervous and she won't do it. But now, if we're on the ramp by ourselves, she'll go up and get the the boat and the trailer and the and truck and back it in, and and she might take a couple stabs at, it, but she gets it in. And that's a great help to whoever is loading the yeah, boat. Exactly. Now, I would like to see her learn to load the boat and let me go get the trailer and do it. But she's more comfortable with doing the trailer thing, and I'm fine with that. But, uh, you know, if if you're taking somebody out, maybe they're not used to backing a trailer. It don't take very long. Just wait till everybody's out of the way. Show them how to do it. Let them practice up and down there two or three exactly. times. Just keep them. Keep them from getting in trouble. You know, I uh, that's the big thing. Uh, with Cindy, it's better just to let her do it. She knows how far it is, how far too far it is, and she won't go that far. Uh, you know, but like I say, she might take a couple stabs at it. Sometimes she gets it right in first time. You just It depends on the ramp, how far right. you can see down different things. But uh, you and I can understand, and we've talked about this before, people go out and, and – you know, something could happen to where we couldn't get the boat in and people that are with you needs to know how to operate the boat. Yeah. You know, if, if we're out in the lake and, and, and something happens, uh, hopefully it never does. But if we can't operate that boat, they need to know how to start it, drive it. They don't have to drive it fast like you and I would maybe, but they need to know how to get you back to the ramp. They need to know how to look on that GPS and see where you're at and where you got to go. When they get to the boat ramp, somebody needs to be able to back that trailer in if you cannot do it to get that on there. And these are all things that you guys need to be teaching your kids and your wives and your fishing partners. It doesn't have to be a woman or a kid. There's a lot of men that can't back a trailer, and some of them think they can back them in, but they really can't. <laughs> so, you know, you guys need to be thinking about this stuff and, and make people aware of their surroundings. And, and you, you just never know. Uh, Things yeah, happen. First time I ever climbed in a bass boat, it had a hot foot on it. I I was lost. I didn't know what do I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I <laughs> We had one of those on a boat one time, and my kids could run it. I never could run it. I didn't have no desire to learn it, uh, and, and it just didn't work for me, you know. And and things are like that. There's there's some other things. Uh, that don't work for me, but that's one of them that sure enough don't work. So yeah, uh, I don't mess with them. My, but, uh, my fishing know. partner, Daniel, he's got a, a tiller and that that's a, in itself is another beast to, that you got to deal with. But right. Because they don't turn fast like a big motor does. No. So. You know, are you talking about a tiller big motor or a tiller trolling motor? No, he's got a tiller big motor, 45 horse on the back of a, a boat. You know, it's, I'm, I'm used to having a throttle and a steering wheel. And now right. Here's this stick back there, and you twist it. Right. So I got I got arthritis in my hands. I'm, I'm lucky to hold on to the thing. Now I got to roll it over to make <coughs> it happen. I remember the days when we had John boats that had 35, 40 horse motors on them. And uh, I had an old duck hunting boat for years that had a tiller motor on it. And, and I got along all right with that. But we wasn't, we wasn't running 50, 60. I swear, I don't know how John Jameson does that. I mean, I'm not sure I could ride in that boat with him with a tiller cool. handle because I know that Lund gets it on pretty good. And yeah. uh, I, I'm not sure I could do that. 
but he's comfortable with it. So, I mean, you he know, loves whatever, it. yeah, whatever that they, they I mean, when I was young and skinny before I got old and fat, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, skied behind a, uh, old Johnson motor and, uh, with a 35 horse. You must we have come water, up pretty quick. Yeah. We water skied behind that thing. So, wow. Well, we had John on the show. Oh, it's been probably a year or so now. And he was explaining to us the, the little button on it where it goes up, you know, like a half a mile an hour or whatever it is, uh, yeah. each direction. And he, he says all of his trolling and his everything uh, off of that big motor in the back. And, and it works for him. And that's awesome. I, me, uh, I want that remote and that, that Tarova up front. And uh, I want that yeah. big motor in the back. That's just uh, that's how my things are going to have to operate. And I'm too, I, you know, I'm too old to learn them new tricks like that. But uh, you know, it, it works out. And and he, he really does love that that big motor. And and maybe if I go with him sometime or, or have, be right there and him explain uh, how it works, maybe I'd get along with it a little better. But I just uh, I don't ever see myself having one like that. I, I like that monster cat. And I like that big motor and that throttle on my right hand and the steering wheel on my left hand. I'm good to go. Yeah. Is your uh, Tarova auto deploy? No. Okay. So no. yeah, I mean, had, that hadn't. They hadn't right, come out. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when no, that when this boat was built, they hadn't come out with that yet, and they didn't put it on there. And uh, it's got about everything else that you'd ever wanted. You know the. People ask me how I like that boat. I tell them I love the boat, you know, and they say, well, you know, what's it set up for? I said, it's a tournament catfish boat. It's set up to tournament fish out of, and I, and I don't believe there's a better boat anywhere if you want a tournament catfish that you could possibly have. Uh, there's some changes that uh, that I might make to it, or, or we, there's going to be some new changes to the new one when it comes out, but uh, this boat is set up as a tournament catfish boat. Uh, it, it'll drift, it'll anchor fish, it'll do anything in between, and it does it well. Uh, it runs good, it steers good, it drives good, but there's a lot of boats on the market that do that. You know, yeah, uh, you, yeah. you have a great boat for fishing. You know, you yeah. guys fish all the time. But uh, I love that boat. I, I mean, when, when I first seen it, I was in love with it, you know. Uh, yeah. But it, it's, it's outstanding, and, and we, we really enjoy it. Uh, but you don't have to have a boat like that to be a tournament catfisherman. Look at no. look at uh, right. Casey, Casey Tudor and yeah. John LeMasters. I mean, they, they go down there. They don't. What did he tell me that time? That boat his run 34, 35 mile an hour, something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, Carl Morse Jr., he's told us the same thing, 35 mile an hour, something like that. And who wins more tournaments than Carl Morse? Yeah. You know, uh, he's got a bigger boat than, than Casey and John does, but it, it's still no faster. So if you're right. leaving out 40th, you're not going to beat everybody where you got to go. And I know some of the guys that's got the big super – 70 mile an hour plus boats, you know, they don't win every tournament they go to. It's not a hundred percent thing. It's nice if you can go there. Uh, the thing that, that got me last year and I haven't got over this yet. We had Craig Shoemate come down to fish a tournament in St. Louis is the first year last year. And, uh, Craig had been fishing all, all week pre-fishing and he had done something to the drain in the bottom of his boat. And he wanted to go with us and, uh, we get down there and he jumps, but he said, I know right where to go. We had good bait and everything. We get up there. We left out number two and we didn't go six or seven miles. 
And uh, the first four places that we had marked to go, somebody beat us to them. And <laughs> at that point, I'm getting pretty hot, you know, because we, there's only I only pick so many places, and he does too, that you go to to fish, you know, and, and do any good. But uh, you don't have to have them. Uh, the thing that stuck in my mind that I've never got over is what Carl had told us. He said, you pick you out a point from point A to point B and say it's 25 miles or whatever it is. There's fish in that area. You got to find them and you got to catch them. And, and that is, right. that's as true a statement as anybody has ever said. Heath right. Malone says Casey's boat tops out at 31. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, we found out this past weekend on Thursday, we found fish in four different spots. And, uh, Daniel was, I mean, he was on them. And I, I'd say, okay, we got to, there, there'll be three or four more down there. And I said, we need to pull off of them. We go to another spot. He'd catch another big one. We go to another spot. And I said, oh boy, this is where we're going to, you know, and it was all within a, a mile area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went back there on game day and gone. Fish were gone. Bait was gone. Oh. And, it, and it wasn't shad. Because I told Dean, you know, I said, this is not shad because there are stripers down there. Because it was very distinct on my Lorenz. I could tell which was a striper and which was a, because there was a separate return that came back. A real hot return was coming back on those stripers. I'm assuming because they have scales, more so than what I generally get off of the cats. And, uh, but what was unique about it is the, the I think they were skipjacks that were down in there. They weren't schooled up like uh, uh, Shad do. You know, Shad getting that defensive ball that we always see him in. These skipjacks were just kind of stacked on top of each other, and they, they were really laid out uh, about five about five feet deep. Uh, in the water column, and they were all at about 40 foot, and them fish were on top, inside of them, and on the back sides of them. So, well, that could very well be. I, I have often wondered where the skipjack go when they're not in the places we all go to catch them. Yeah, exactly. And, and, they know, go someplace. Yeah, because, I mean, all of a sudden, they, you know, that's why we call them the silver ghosts of the river. They're there, and, and within a minute, they can be gone, and, you, and you're just yeah. standing there, where did they go? <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. why we all get together and go to them places in the wintertime when it's butt-raping cold. We're down there trying to figure yeah. out how to get them out of them hot water discharges, and if that steam plant shuts down or something, we're, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're done. You just you're done. Yep, yeah. it, it's, that's yeah. a fact. Well, Nobody. Doc, have you got a tip for us tonight? Yes, I do, and tonight's tip is uh, terminal. A terminal tackle knot, and uh, you know, in the past, I've told people, you know, I use uh, a snail knot to go to on the hook, but uh, I've never ever covered what my terminal knot looks like. So, I've, what I've got is I got paracord. This is going to be your leader that you're using. It's very visual that way you can see it. I've got a turnbuckle here that I'm going to use. And the way I do, I, this is the way I've tied this knot, and I've done it like this for years. But you put your leader through, bring it through, bring it back a second time, and then twist it, 
three, four times, bring it back through that open loop, and then break, bring it back through that second open loop again, and tighten it down. When you tighten it down, what you end up having is you've got two pieces of mono that are actually holding that terminal. That will not break. It will tighten up the more it pulls on it, but I have never ever had this not tighten up or you know break on a fish. And uh, that's Doc's tip for the night: terminal tackle knot. I don't know what the, it's called. I just you know that's what I that's what I've used for years. I use that same knot. I've been using it for a long time. Uh, I had a guy tell me one time that they had. Uh, they had uh, that knot slip, and I said, well, I've never had it slip, but if you have it slip, one of the things that I do when I'm having problems with, with people uh, telling me that they have not slip is uh, just take a cigarette lighter. Everybody should have a big lighter or some kind of cheap lighter in your tackle box for emergency uh, use anyhow, and, and burn a little ball on the end of your tag in. Yeah. Uh, when, if it slips, it'll and, and that knot, I've never had that knot slip, but if it no. ever does, it'll come down to that ball and it'll stop right there and, and right. it won't go through the knot. And, and I do that in snail knots a lot of times. I do it with slip knots. I do it with all kinds of stuff. If there's ever a question that, that there's slippage, if you just heat that monofilament up, braid work does the same thing, braid, make a little ball right. on the end of it. And that'll keep it from slipping through there because the majority of the pressure is around the knot. It's not through that slippage thing. So it doesn't take nothing to hold it. And it just works out. Uh, you know, I think that that is a great tip. And thanks a lot for that, Doc. I know everybody's going to enjoy that. We're running on just over an hour. And uh, do you have any closing statements? Uh, there's a uh, Cabela's, I think, is in West Virginia this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure where it's at. Uh, didn't okay. hear anything. And on the 30th of April, I think Vince has got that Tri-County uh, tournament going on. So next weekend, I'll just kind of make sure that I, I write down tournaments that are going around in, in my area. So uh, you guys that... The guys that are wanting wanting to have these announced, you have to get them to us because we can't stay up with all of them. Hell, yeah. Doc, there's tournaments in every, no. every place. I can remember when every weekend, if you wanted a tournament fish, you'd have to drive forever to get to one, and it you know it may yeah, have been a ten dollar entry fee. They're, they're all over the place, and and uh, keep up with all of them. But we'd be glad to announce as many of them as we can. Uh, if you get the information to us and we'll try to do right. it and, and uh, uh, we'll get that done. Uh, the Jack and Jill tournament for Twisted Cat Outdoors is in Canton, Missouri this weekend. You need to get a hold of Alex Nagy. You can check out Twisted Cat Outdoors on Facebook uh, and, and get involved with this. You have to have one male, one female in the boat. You can have up to three, two of either sex. Uh, it's a great tournament. Uh, got $2,500 added money, I believe, to it. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I know that there's going to be some people from uh, driving from Indiana and different places to fish this. Heath and Elena's coming over from Indiana to fish it. And uh, it, it's going to be a great, great turnout, a great time to be there. The fish should be biting. Uh, we're supposed to get rain in our area, and this is a wide area from up in Iowa, plumb on down through Missouri. 
the next several days. Uh, but it's supposed to be high 70s uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. It was supposed to rain the last day and a half, and we haven't seen we've seen rain today, but not what they was talking about. So I'm not sure what we're what we're going to do, whether the front stalled out or just what. But if you get a chance, uh, make that tournament. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's all I have for tonight. So for Doc Lang and Chuck Davison, who is not with us tonight, he'll be back next Monday night. This is Lyle Stokes. Thanks for watching Catfish Weekly. <laughs>